welcome back to another episode of Rama Rundown. Today I'm inspired, I'm motivated, motivated to sit down and give you guys what you want to hear. Uh, all this inspiration comes from a book that was actually recommended to me from a couple friends and celebrities I've seen interviews of. I'm, as you guys know, I follow a lot of sports, I watch a lot of interviews, and like I said, a couple of friends, and specifically Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, all talked pretty highly of this book and how it um, inspired them and unlocked them, unlocked the more creative side, the more artsy side. So, you know, especially with Corona and everything, getting the work ethic down, my work ethic down, it's not what it used to be. I'm trying to get that back right up, take back what's mine. And the key to that was The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, basically, this book, I, I think I, I say this to almost everybody I meet, I think everybody should have a creative side or a creative project that they should work on for many reasons. You know, first, it makes you a well-rounded person. Even though you might have a passion or something that you love to do or a career interest, I think that it's not healthy, it's not safe to put all your interest and focus on it. I think it's always good to have something that you can take your mind to a different place, take your body to a different place, and really refresh your energy, refresh your thinking, introduce new uh, perspectives and outlet to express yourself, how you feel, whether that's podcasting, songs, you know, songwriting, uh, photography. Yeah, arts is a very broad area. And I think everybody at some point she starts you know some type of art project and it's a good it's a good thing to keep track of over time and once you're and it doesn't have to be really sustained or anything but when you finish it and look back on it I think it's always good to kind of see how you how you're feeling back then and how that changed over time how you change as a person over time it's a good keeper of time and emotions and feelings and and so that's why I found this book particularly interesting, The War of Art, just from the title itself. It seems that it would apply to, you know, to my logic of thinking that, or just my belief that everybody should, you know, dive into something more artsy and more tap into that creative potential. And so I finished reading the book in a couple of days, two or three days after I got it. I didn't think it was going to be that, you know, hook, you know, grabbing to me because I'm pretty picky when it comes to books. I love specific, specific genres like Greek mythology, um, mystery. For some reason, I'm into, you know, classic American literature, like A Lesson Before Dying. I, I know I've talked about that on here before. So, but I've kind of gone into the trend of reading a lot of self-help books now. I've read The Alchemist, Paulo Coelho, The Four Agreements, by Miguel Ruiz. Uh, I even read the, Art of, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And so this is the fourth self-help book that I'll be reading in two years. And I, you know, a lot of people, you know, think that self-help books are vague, and I can, I can agree. I can agree that you know, some point, but I feel like they make it so that if if you don't relate to one point or one chapter, there's always something that you can you know, connect to and relate to, and it's just interesting to collect a bunch of people's perspectives on, you know, 
on one thing, which is you know, how you approach life, how do you be successful. And one one approach might not always work for you, but you can always take one thing from one book, take another thing from another book to really influence your lifestyle, make it a culmination of a bunch of different perspectives, which I like best. And so I really recommend everybody to, to read this book because it's really got me inspired and motivated to build that arts that that artsy side work on my project try to make it something that you know I'm proud to look back on rather than something that I just do every now and then as an obligation for keeping it going and so I don't want to spoil it I'm going to only take notes from the first 30 30 or so pages because I really want everybody to go out and at least read this or you know read a summary of it or hear people talk about it because I'm sure it'll you know relate to you in one aspect or another because there's just so much content in this book and the main the main metaphor that Stephen Pressfield is making here the word that he repeats over and over again is resistance and you might think you know it's pretty vague and everything because everybody deals with resistance but that's the point he's trying to define he's just basically trying to group everybody together and kind of work on a problem that everybody has and so his book can you know motivate up you know a bunch of people from a lot of different backgrounds and ways of life well everybody can take away something in this book and so you might be asking or thinking you know what is resistance resistance is basically kind he describes it as a you know, this invisible force that in in simple terms that just prevents you from doing your work. And to you know, to be more specific, resistance only it prevents us from reaching you know our higher higher work, higher purpose, higher selves. It's it only works in that direction from low to high. And like like anything. Like in science you have gradients and Going from high gradients to low gradients doesn't require any any energy, but you know, low to high, you face resistance. You require energy to put in to go from low to high level of something, and this is the same way. It doesn't take a lot of energy to revert to you know savage or primal instincts to to do things like kill, steal. It doesn't take energy to do that, but this is about you know elevating yourself and elevating your character. You know your self-efficacy your project your your work and so everything about this book revolves around the idea of this so-and-so called you know quote-unquote resistance and you know how it manifests itself how do you deal with it you know, how do you how, yeah how do you see it how do you deal with it and the different way it, the different ways it works because it works in a bunch of different ways but at the same at the end of the day it's the same problem it's the same force that's preventing you from getting where to where you want to be and he gives a bunch of examples of like where resistance is more most prominent in that low to high setting whether it's somebody trying to start a diet or a health regimen or you know you try to write a book he he refers to himself a lot a lot in the book because he's an author he's written many books before and he even it's funny he he talks about the process of writing this book so as you're reading it you kind of you have like an example to already look at him trying to write this book 
So, but it, it can really relate to all aspects of your life that involves, you know, energy, any type of adversity, any commitments to the heart, getting married, having children, um, trying to weather a relationship, uh, anything, entrepreneurial venture, enterprise, any sort of education, uh, just a lot of these projects are going to deal with some form of resistance in one way or another. It might not include all the ways that, you know, Pressfield's going to go over, but there's going to be at least 10, 15 different ways that you can relate to or you can see in the resistance that you're dealing with. And I think the most common, based, based on my audience, the most common form of resistance that my audience and including myself face is probably procrastination. He talks a lot about that in this book and a lot about, you know, how to deal with procrastination and, you know, how to just be aware of it. Because a lot of time we don't kind of lie to ourselves and we don't really think it's procrastination. But we have, once you start admitting it's procrastination and recognizing the signs, then, then you can take action on it and deal with, you know, find a solution to your problem. But the first, one of the first concepts that Pressfield emphasizes in this book is that resistance is internal. It's all inside of you. A lot of people, when they think about their issues that are going on, they like to think that issues come from you know outside yourselves. And there are some issues that are that come from outside yourself. But he's Pat Riley, uh, Miami Miami Heat GM, brilliant guy. He said that. All these things like spouses, jobs, bosses, and kids, these are all peripheral opponents. They're outside of they're outside your realm and you can't always control what they do. And they're not the most important battle that you're gonna be facing on your day-to-day process of succeeding and um, getting getting better, mastering your craft or your work. You're gonna be focused on your internal and your internal opponent, your internal resistance. And so that's one concept that this book nails down from the very beginning is that a lot of things that we think are problems are actually the peripheral components and we should be fixing the main, finding the solution to the main issue, which is our internal struggle, the internal resistance, the procrastination, um, other forces of that sort. So the resistance is self-generated, self-perpetuated. It's not... Even though other people can kind of add on to it, it it all starts from us and it ends with us. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time, it's accelerated for our from our thinking, from our behavior, uh, all of that. It's definitely self within it. It's it's within yourself. The enemy is within. The second thing that he really emphasizes is that resistance is insidious. It'll take many forms. It'll do whatever it can to prevent you from getting where you want to be. It'll lie, falsify, create these unrealistic timelines and scenarios that kind of prevent you from going about it, about, going about your project. It'll create uh, illusions, it'll seduce, bully, whatever verb you want to use. It will get your mind into thinking that you don't want to work when actually all you have to do is just sit down and you know everything else will will 
come into place. So resistance will do anything to prevent you from getting to where you want to be. It has no conscience. It has no conscience. It's always lying. He wants to get that emphasized as well. That you shouldn't. You shouldn't uh, say anything is outside of the realm of resistance, which is an exaggeration, but it's true. And it's kind of like I said before. All these, all these, this resistance, it all manifests in different ways. But at the end, end of the day, it's still the same demon. We're all dealing with the same core issue. You know, the third thing that <clears throat> he talks about with resistance is that it's impersonal. Um, when a lot of people, I think, when they talk about their problems, they feel as if they're they're the only ones having it, or it's it has I don't know how to describe it, but it's coming at them at them personally rather than it happens to everybody. They feel like they're more affected than somebody else's, or there's something wrong out to get them. Or, you know, universe is I don't know just against them for some reason, but it happens to literally everybody. And like I said, it manifests itself in different ways in different aspects of your life. So while one person might have resistance. And working on a charity project, another person's resistance may be getting through a tough relationship. But at the end of the at the end of the day, it's the same problem, and everybody has it in one form or another. And and though even though I mentioned that resistance is insidious, you know, it the way it acts and behaves is pretty indifferent. It doesn't care about doesn't care about you, doesn't care about who you are, what you do. How you grew up, what you believe, it'll do whatever it can to prevent you from getting to where you need to be, getting becoming successful, completing that project, fixing your relationship. It just does whatever it can to prevent that. So it doesn't care about who you are as a person. But even though there are many, you know, bad things about resistance, and it is insidious, and It does prevent you from getting where you want to be. You can also use it as a compass. It's invaluable. It's like it's a compass that like points to true north. Then you know the more resistance you get on your way to something, that means you know the closer that that means that's the right calling. The best things in life always come with a lot of obstacles, a lot of adversity, and so if you're facing a lot of resistance. You know that's you know where you meant to be. That's the place that you really want to get to. And if something comes easy, then it's not something that that's really as satisfying for a lot of people. So I think even though you know resistance has a lot of these negative consequences, and for most of the time, Prestwell talks about it in more a negative connotation. There are some benefits. It is it is kind of like a compass, a guide to show you that you know. Kind of motivates you that because I'm facing so much resistance, you know there is really something at the end of the tunnel, at, you know, that that's waiting for me, and I just need to go and get it. And if you go get it, you know, motivate myself and get to that end as fast as I can while dealing with this resistance. And it kind of kind of goes on to the next point I'm going to bring up is that resistance. Never sleeps. It always keeps coming. You know, although it might not start out that bad at first, it always 
you know, piles on and piles on and it just, when you think it stopped, it's going to pop up again and it's keep, it's going to keep going, keep manifesting itself in different ways. Once you start, once you fix one problem, it's going to rise in another part of your life. And so you have to always be improved. You have to always be swimming going forward. You can never be complacent. Complacent, entitlement and complacency are very dangerous thing. When you start playing with those type of things, you start to, you know, become stagnant physically and mentally. And when you do that, you're giving somebody else opportunity to take what you have. And so I know, I know a specific example, you know, when somebody, I know when it's kind of like, I don't know if this is actually proven by science or anything, but when, say, when somebody tells you to kill an alligator, with your bare hands, you can do it. And the way you can do it is, you know, after after an alligator eats and has its meal, it's full and it becomes complacent. And it actually, is, it becomes very easy to kill because it is complacent. It doesn't have the instinct anymore to hunt or to defend or anything like that. And so just kind of like the same thing. When you have a taste of success, you start you know, creating some momentum for yourself. Are you gonna are you gonna become complacent? Are you gonna become stagnant as soon as the first you know the next obstacle, the next part of resistance hits because it's never gonna sleep. Or you you're gonna have to keep pushing and going so that no one, you know, catches up to you. And I know a lot of people I saw this on Hard Knocks, so it was a football show. John Gruden's a really animated coach and he said something that was very interesting, you know, interesting in particular. And he said a lot of people have dreams, but in this capitalistic society, you know, maybe the better mindset is to be in nightmares. In order to get to where you want to be, you have to take away somebody's dream. You have to snatch that from them. And, you know, and not to do that in a toxic way. It's, it's just the, con- you know, the concept of a capitalistic society is that not everybody can be fed the same you know in, in order to pay peter you gotta rob paul not everybody can get the same you know at the end of the day there's one super bowl champion and that comes at the expense of 31 other teams you know that have all sacrificed that have all you know suffered and you know so there's nothing wrong with that as long as you go about competing in the right way and this applies to any you know industry and endeavor where you're trying to be successful you, you're always going to have people coming for where you're at. And you're always going to have people that are trying to get to where you're going. And th- it's, that doesn't justify things like backstabbing and lying and cheating. But at the same time, it's, it's a cutthroat. It's, a lot of things are a cutthroat industry. And so you can never... It's, a lot of things are a meritocracy. You have to prove yourself day in and day out. You can never get complacent. You can never feel like you made it until you know you retire or everything that doesn't mean that you can't help other people along the way because i'm a big component of that i love to help other people to get to where i'm at but you should always be aware that there's always someone you know in the basement you know coming for you there's always some hungry startup in silicon valley that's trying to you know overtake your business there's always some third string backup that's trying to take your starting job the starting role as a tennis player, as a musician, there's always somebody in the back of the cello section that's trying to get to the spot that you're at right now. And so you can never sleep. Resistance never sleeps, and you know, 
you should be you should be aware of that and you should always be trying to push yourself to become a better person to become a better crafts you know a better artist in, in whatever field you know you're you're trying to make become successful at basically <laughs> i don't know it's pretty that i got off on a tangent there but i just wanted to show you all the different examples that this can apply to and hopefully a couple of them you know can stick with you another important thing that Pressfield points out is that resistance is oftentimes fueled by fear but you know this isn't always a bad thing like like resistance is invaluable and it can act like a compass you know being scared isn't always a bad thing that means you're it, it means you're on the right path it's okay to be scared if you're stepping out of your comfort zone at the end of the day when you do things that you're scared of doing you often end up learning a lot and you're being able to adjust to it so that next time you see it you're more prepared and you know you'll be successful you watch a bunch of actors interviews when they talk about playing a certain role and you know why they turn down certain roles and why they take others a lot of times when they say why they take a role is because they're scared of it this is something that they've never done anymore they haven't done it before it's something that they want to add to the repertoire and try something new because you always want to be improving as an actor you have to step outside of your comfort zone so they never do something that they're not scared of or that they've done before because what does that do really they know how to act and they know all the fundamentals so they want to apply that in as many different ways as possible and that requires you know dealing with fear and resistance is fueled by fear you know it, it's going to tell you that you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that it's going to end up bad people are going to judge you it's going to create all these illusions unrealistic timelines and expectations you know it's going to create the worst scenario possible the worst outcomes but it doesn't really it never really highlights the good aspects you know the rewards as much as the cons cons feel twice as heavy as the rewards are even though that's not really the case that's just what resistance will do to you it creates an illusion and it really mess up your thinking from that but at the same time it's also a good thing the more scared you are maybe the better this is for you as long as it's not something dangerous and you're, you're, you don't have to worry about safety or health or anything of that sort you know fear can be a good thing and there's you know there's a thing in psychology called you know the Europe's Dodson law I think that's what it's called I haven't I haven't looked at it in like a couple years but it's basically saying that there's when you're performing when you're a performer a musician an athlete a writer an artist there's an optimal level of kind of anxiety or fear nervousness it's people perform their best when there's some nervousness but it's not too overbearing when people feel completely comfortable a lot of times they can get complacent uh they can get you know satisfied they won't play up to their highest potential but when they get a little push from you know being nervous you know ask any athlete they always have butterflies going in and even if they won't say it but these are it's it's okay to have some level of fear as long as it's not it's not overbearing as long as it doesn't ultimately sway you away from where you're trying to get to it's a good sign that you know you're on the right path and you know to get to where you want to be and building off of that 
you know, it starts off easy and, you know, you get, you're going to get more scared, more fear because it's going to be harder to step out once you, like, there's levels to resistance. Once you get, become better at your craft, reaching that next level takes way more energy. There's going to be a lot more resistance. It's going to take a lot more um, time to reach that next level. If Say you're kind of like a say you're a three-star restaurant the effort it takes to get from a one-star to a three-star restaurant is a lot less than the effort it takes from to get to a four from a four and a half to a five-star restaurant you know as you get better at your project your profession just you as a person reaching that next level is always going to be hard is going to be hard and it's always going to be hardest at the finish line you know right before you succeed that's basically you know where you want to quit the most because that's when the resistance is going to try its best to stop you from reaching the peak of the mountain you know there's many different examples of this like uh, you know a proverb that i've always been told is that the doors of success and failures are right next to each other so you might be knocked on the door of failure and you might quit when you know the door of success is right there or even in this book, um, Pressfield, he writes a lot about Greek mythology, and this is actually his first book that wasn't about that, I think, from reading up on him. And so he's the story of Odysseus, and uh, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the Odyssey, but a part of, an important part of the Odyssey is that the whole thing, his whole journey to come back home takes 10 years. You know, the Trojan War was 10 years, and then it takes 10, 10 years to come back home. And a big, the big reason why was that it actually, he was almost at home, I think one year into the journey, he could literally see the shoreline. And what happened was that he felt complacent and so he went to sleep. And while he was napping on his boat, his crew, his, uh, his crewmen uh, basically found a bag of wind that was, you know, gifted by God, you know, and so they before in the trip earlier in the trip they went to a god of uh, winds i think king Elias. He, he basically controls all the winds around the sea and everything and he put all the wings winds in a bag for them so that they can have smooth sailing home and so when odysseus went to sleep uh the, the crewmates opened the bag thinking it was full of gold or some other treasure that odysseus was trying to hide from them and the bag the wind came out and it, it blew them off course and uh, it took Odysseus nine years to get, you know, back home when he was just at the finish line right there. And the rest of the crewmates end up dying. It's pretty tragic. But that goes to show you that right when you're about to succeed, that's when the most amount of resistance is going to be. The point when you think about quitting, that's, you're just this far away from making it to the top. And it's like, you know, in the dark night, the night is darkest always, but sorry, the night is always darkest right before the dawn. And so there's just so many different metaphors, but they're all really relaying the same message that you're always going to be faced with the most adversity and the most resistance right before you reach that finish line, the peak of the mountain. You should be should be aware of that. You know, I know last week I talked about what's it called? The, the sunken ship fallacy, which is basically that people continue to do things just because they've invested so much time into it like you've been in a toxic you you remain in a toxic relationship just because you've invested a lot of time and effort into that 
specific person to buying gifts for them and spending time for them. But I think this is this is kind of an exception to that rule where when you are working on something creative and you kind of you, you kind of you have to acknowledge that you're passionate about this subject and you're willing to suffer a little bit for it. You're willing to face the resistance. Passion is actually uh, derived from the word pati in Latin, which which basically means pain. And so whatever you're passionate is about is something that, you know, you're willing to struggle for. You're willing to, um, you know, go through the lows to reach the high. I think I might have talked about this in the previous episode, and I apologize if I didn't. But when I like to, when people ask me the question, you know, what, what do you want in 10 years, you know? A lot of people give me the same answer, and honestly, I get the same answer. Just general things: I want to be happy, I want to have a good family, be stable financially. You know, what do you want in your life? But I think the better question to ask people, and the more revealing question is, you know, what pain are you willing to struggle for in your life? And and that'll really be your compass of pointing you to what you're most passionate about. You know, what should are you gonna put up with? because you care about this thing, you love doing this thing, you love this person, you care about this person, you care about helping others, and that's why you suffer through what, 10 years, not suffer through, but you go through 10 years in med school when you could easily get a job in another field right off the bat. You don't have to go through all that. It's because you care about it and you're willing to endure that pain to get to the finish line. And and so, sorry, I went on that whole tangent there, but that's one of the most important things in the beginning of the book at least when Steve Prescott talks about resistance it's always gonna be the most powerful at the finish line um another thing that he mentions is that resistance recruits allies like I said resistance can come in many forms itself but it can also draw on a lot of other things to help it kind of sabotage your goals and prevent you from prevent you from getting where you need to be uh, there's you know there's a lot of different ways that you know this comes about a lot of people I think the, the example that he used in the book was when you start getting that taste of success a lot of people around you are going to act differently because you are successful you know not out of jealousy not out of spite or anything but when people see you living your life to a fuller extent than they are then they're just naturally going to act a little bit different. And so when you, and it, sometimes it's the people that, you know, you're closest to. But so re- resistance can recruit people that didn't have things around you that you think are steady and everything. And it'll start, and it can change that. And that might prevent you from, you know, reaching where you need to be. But sometimes, like I said before, on your pursuit to greatness and to, you know, to success, you have to be a little ruthless. It's a capitalistic society, so even though you want to help as many people as you can along the way, sometimes you can't. You can't go back and help the guy that fell over and, you know, tripped over a rock. Sometimes you just have to keep going. And so, you know, resistance will put a lot of obstacles and, you know, this is perhaps, you know, one of the more tragic ones. You see some people around you start acting differently. And Pressfield said, uh, you have to still put your head down and really, you know, have tunnel vision. And I agree, this is one I'm like 
kind of iffy on because I'm somebody that enjoys helping others. That's kind of my mission. And so I feel like in almost every situation, I can find a way to help others without sacrificing much on my own my own end. Even if it's just like sitting down and talking to them for a couple minutes, you know, being an open ear, being an outlet for them. Um, but I think what he's trying to get at is that you shouldn't sacrifice your whole goal just to help out somebody. You, you have to be a little more uh, assertive when you're in the pursuit for greatness and you have to be okay with saying no. And because people will start acting different and you know, money comes your way, success comes your way. Money and success change a lot of things. And and so, you know, that's those are different allies that, you know, this quote unquote resistance can recruit to you know, kind of sway you on your on your way to from uh, greatness from where you want to be. He spends a good time in the book, a couple pages at least, talking about procrastination. I just wanted to bring that up really quick. I don't want to talk about about it too much because I'm sure you guys have watched so many videos on it. Maybe your teachers played in school. Maybe you're just curious. You watch TED Talks about procrastinating. And so he just he just has a bunch of short blurbs around the book where he talks about different ways that it kind of manifests you know instead of saying I'm, I'm never going to write my symphony he says we usually say to ourselves I'm going to start tomorrow which and that obviously is just a lie we're just postponing it and he said sometimes if you're not really caring about this if you're not really passionate about something you just cut it off completely just fascinating having something that you think of is on your plate but some, is something that you're not going to really get to and so there's a lot of different ways that procrastination works. Works at least I'm pretty sure you guys are pretty uh, pretty aware of you know how it shows up in your life and what you can do to fix that. Just be more proactive. And I think just the number one thing I would just want to touch on before we go on to the next thing with procrastination is that it all comes to just you know sitting down and doing work. The hardest part is starting. And once you start, everything comes easy to you. It's the same thing with me when I had the idea of a podcast, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of thoughts going on in my head about, you know, are people going to listen to me? Uh, why do people care what I think? What credibility do I have to tell people how to think or offer advice? Because I'm not an expert at anything. I was just a high schooler who just, you know, was, I don't know, who just liked to listen to other people's perspectives. But I, I found that a lot of these things are just kind of like lies that you tell yourself you just kind of make it more dramatic than it needs to be for no reason and I think in the very beginning I said that you know resistance is insidious and it's going to tell you these lies and it's going to think of the worst situation possible that's exactly what happened to me and that's why you know I was a little hesitant if we starting this at first but you know as soon as you as soon as I got down with Marcus and Pablo recorded that first episode I you know I knew this is what I wanted to do I had so much fun you know obviously you're nervous at first I hope yeah that I know that episode one is a lot different from what episode 15 you just become more natural speaker over time but it was kind of an adrenaline rush it's it kind of relates to a lot of aspects here with the whole fear thing I was so scared during that episode you know saying something that I didn't mean to say Uh, a lot of filler words like um like uh uh just i was so scared of all these different aspects 
and I was so scripted in how I talked and it's so funny to think about where I was then and where I am now but I'm so glad that I took the courage to start because that was honestly the hardest part the hardest part wasn't becoming a better speaker because that just came over time and experience and practice you know the more you sit down with people and the more you do this the easier it comes to something in public speaking the more experience you have the more presentations you give the more situations you put yourself the preparation you put yourself in you know the better you'll be the luckier you will be and the more successful you'll be at whatever you're trying to do and this was the same way for me the honestly the hardest part was starting and you know like I, even though i said that resistance builds over time you know you just at least start the project and you're you're halfway there a lot of a lot of people are kind of and this applies to me too sometimes we're you know all talking no bite all bark no bite and so the hardest step for a lot of people is just taking that first step taking that first jump when you don't really know exactly how people are going to react to your work but like i said they're the peripheral opponents we're the main our own main opponents and we should be focusing on ourselves and you know although it's good to focus on others it's good to take criticism and input from other people you when you're doing something you're passionate about for most times the healthiest way that you should be doing it is because it's something that you enjoy that's not you're not doing something for you should be doing something for unhealthy reasons external reasons you should be doing it because it, you know it provides you long-term satisfaction and happiness and and so <clears throat> to go back to to go back to you know what i was saying with this the hardest part a lot of time is just starting and once you sit down and do it it actually comes very easy and if you, I, i know you guys can relate to exactly what i'm i'm saying and you have examples probably clearly in your head just as i have but when we start a new project in Barcelona New Jersey we don't always see this as clearly as we're seeing it now from a state like a neutral perspective so it's always a good thing to keep in mind you know when when you're scared of trying something new when you're scared of stepping out of your comfort zone meeting new people uh, st- uh trying out for a specific team or group or doing an interview always think back to a time where you were scared to start something and as soon as you started you didn't regret it at all so that's why I do I think it's very for me at least it's very helpful and it's good to just reflect on how much you've changed and how much it's helped you because honestly I can't even summarize you know what doing this podcast has done for me and so that's also why I really encourage everybody to do something creative get out there do something outside of your realm of expertise do something you're not you know, being be comfortable with the uncomfortable as a lot of a lot of people said when starting college you're going to be placed in so many uncomfortable scenarios and you just got to be comfortable with that and that's where the most more fulfilling moments are going to be rather than the scripted scenarios that you really put yourself into but times we're just scared because we don't really have control of what other people think or say when we do something when you uh post a photo when you paint a picture you don't know what other people's reactions are going to be to it and so you know but as long as the motivations and the methods come from in, inside of you internally you know that that stuff doesn't really matter and you you realize that over time you, you definitely realize that over time um 
I'm sorry that this is getting a little bit long, but I'm, I, I promise I'm almost done here. There's just so much, and this is honestly the only like the first 30 pages of the book. I swear to you, it's definitely worth you know buying and reading yourself because there's so much you know precious content. And even though one, a couple of chapters might might not apply to you, I, I can guarantee that there's a couple of things that you can you know relate to clearly, and hopefully you can incorporate into your line of thinking and your lifestyle so that you can overcome you know this resistance that Stephen Pressfield talk loves to talk about I think the last couple things I'm gonna talk about with the resistance and there's just so many things that I just literally I'm looking at a piece of paper with the word resistance circled in the middle and just like a mind map with like 12 different branches and everything coming off of that I like to do my podcast so not really a script but more of a visual and so I'm just going through all the branches trying to see on what I haven't hit but you know the last couple ones victimhood resistance and victimhood basically to keep these three short um victimhood we shouldn't be playing the victim all the time and we shouldn't be sorry for ourselves that doesn't mean that we should treat ourselves bad that doesn't mean we should give ourselves unnecessary stress or guilt but we shouldn't make excuses or be sorry for ourselves or expect others to be sorry for us we should always have the you know the highest expectations of ourselves because only you know you know what you're capable of you know we live as we dream and that's alone and so only you know exactly what your world is you know your strengths and your weaknesses not anybody else you know but you so you can set the highest expectations for yourself without um while still being realistic and so you should you shouldn't you know casting yourself as a victim is like you know it's like the opposite of doing your work sometimes you just gotta put your head down and you know and take that and take that leap of faith and so you know don't play the victim card when you don't need to and especially don't do it for external reasons for other people's approval um for other people's attention if you want attention just you know work at your craft and people are gonna recognize your skill or you know, whatever it is they're gonna tell you how much it's impacted them you can inspire people motivate people there's so many gratifying and sustainable ways of getting attention than just playing the victim i think that's a big thing that people don't realize next thing is resistance can also pop up in relationships and when you choose a partner i, I mentioned relationships a little bit in this still a little um confused about this part but i think i get the general gist of exactly what he's saying we often when we pick somebody like a lot of people like ambition and uh, that's a good quality to have in a partner somebody's always you know looking to get better and never complacent right trying always dealing with that resistance and so we have to make sure that if we choose somebody that is ambitious and is like that that doesn't prevent us from reaching our full potential you know you shouldn't be just riding the coattails of your partner's success and their happiness in order to you know be happy yourself even though they're successful you should always be trying to be striving to make yourself great in another way you know kind of emulate what they're doing but in your own way and at the at the other end of the spectrum if you're the one that's being supported you know by your by your partner you know sometimes you have to kind of step out of that adoration adulation that they give you that love they give you and let them shine their own light that's exactly how Stephen Pressfield would say 
So in both aspects of a relationship, if you're with somebody ambitious or you're the ambitious one in your relationship, you have to make sure that the other person also gets a chance to shine and really strive for greatness and success in the way that you do or your partner does. And I think the last thing, okay, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, resistance, resistance and isolation. Because I think this is one that a lot of people can relate to specifically in our in our society today um, and I can definitely attest to this as, you know with the fear of missing out you feel like you sometimes you don't want to do the work because a lot of times when you are doing work you're alone and you know you feel like you're missing out on something you're missing out on hanging out with friends talking to people social interactions but when you're working on something that you care about you have to realize and recognize that you're not really alone. You know, you're sitting, as Stephen Pressfield puts it, you're sitting there with the muse on your shoulder, um, with the characters in the book of the story you're writing, with the audience of the podcast you're delivering, you know, figuratively, there in your head, you're speaking to somebody. So when you're working on something, you're not always alone. And a lot of people get that kind of misconception this is something you care about this entity what this project this charity um this relationship that you're in whatever you're putting this effort into whatever this resistance is coming from um you're not alone when you're not alone working at it and it's okay and even if you are it's okay to be alone you know you're the only person that's going to be you know there for your whole life so you know why not get to know yourself why not be comfortable being by yourself because a lot of times that's a lot of times that's when we're most productive and so those are just a bunch of different ways that resistance applies to our lives i hope i I put it in a simple enough way but also added you know some new insight for you guys some new perspectives to at least think about so that you, you know next time you start something start an internship create that artistic side that i really encourage you to do or even sit down to read this book that i recommended Hopefully you guys kind of, you know, get the confidence and kind of block out all all the negative aspects of, you know, of resistance, all those lies and fake timelines or, you know, fake realities that kind of convinces you into, into into living, you know, it's a lot of times things are not as bad as, as we make it to seem ourselves. We really like to dramatize and exaggerate how people react and how they think about us and like I said, this is something that everybody deals with. And so you might deal with it in a different way, but at the end of the day, it's still the same problem. So you can always reach out to somebody else to you know, talk about it and you know, at least get somebody to relate with, get an open ear, get some advice. And so this applies to everybody. And I hope I, get, I did a good job of you know, hopefully relating it a couple different ways in your life. But um, that was basically all I wanted to talk about. Uh, this definitely really inspired me to do this podcast today and hopefully do a little bit more in the future i know it's been really inconsistent i say that at the end of almost every episode but you know this feels different i i enjoyed sitting down once i got myself to sit down it was pretty easy for me to you know draw the mind map not come up with script but come up with what i wanted to you know share teach with you guys and i didn't feel alone while i was doing it I think a lot of times before when I was recording, sometimes I felt alone. I sometimes I felt like I was doing it at the expense of something else, the expense of 
not playing League of Legends with my friends or not FaceTiming with somebody with this or with who, whomever it could be. But this time, I, you know, I really didn't feel bad, uh, you know, being alone and doing this because I realized that, you know, there's a creative little thing sitting on my shoulder with me and, you know, we're doing this together and it's something I would care about. And hopefully you guys can see that and, you know, how passionately I talk about this. But yeah, so order the book. If you do read it, I would love to hear what you have to think about it. Things that you agree with, things that you disagree with. Because I didn't agree with everything that was in this book. And I didn't really understand, you know, some of it. I understand most of it pretty, because he puts it in pretty simple terms. But something you don't understand at the point, to the point where you think he understands it. So I have a lot of questions about this too. So if you do end up reading it, I'd love to hear your feedback on it. If you guys have any content that you want me to read, I'm always down to um, to do it if I had the time. I'm always down to you know, be inspired and motivate in different ways and teach in different ways. You know, that's the purpose of this project. Uh, this, sorry, this podcast, you know, investigate and educate get all these different perspectives and deliver them to you guys in hopefully a fun and an easy way that you guys you know take it in and apply it to your lives but you know that's it for today i hope this was helpful i hope you learned something and hopefully i'll be back soon